welcome to the Rapid Response Podcast brought to you by the Society for Healthcare Epidemiology of America, SHEA, promoting the prevention of healthcare-associated infections and antibiotic resistance and seeking to advance the field of healthcare epidemiology and antibiotic stewardship. I am Dr. Whitney Buckle, System Antimicrobial Stewardship Pharmacist Manager at Intermountain Healthcare, and I will serve as today's podcast moderator. Discussion on the podcast does not reflect Shay's perspective, but facilitates communication of multiple perspectives and experiences as we go through this challenging time together. Shay is excited to launch this episode of the podcast, COVID-19 Updates, What We Know Now. Today's discussion will be a recap of Shay's Spring 2022, which took place April 12th through 14th, both virtually and live on site in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Our speakers today are Dr. Jennifer Hanrahan, Chief of the Division of Infectious Diseases at the University of Toledo. Dr. Hanrahan served as the chair of the Shea Spring 2022 Planning Committee. We also have Dr. Jesse Jacob, Professor of Medicine at the Emory University School of Medicine and Hospital Epidemiologist at Emory University Hospital Midtown. Dr. Jacob serves as Vice Chair of the Shea Spring 2022 Planning Committee. Thank you both for joining us today. Let's move right into the discussion. First, congratulations on such a great Shea Spring Conference. It was such a fantastic experience, and I, for one, was so excited to be able to be there in person. To start, as chair and vice chair of the Shea Conference Planning Committee, could each of you summarize Shea Spring and share your own personal experiences from the event? So thank you very much for having us on this podcast. I think I want to say that this conference was really different than any that I've attended previously, just because it happened after two years of not being able to see people in person. And it was just fantastic to actually be able to see people in real life again. It just reminded us of how important it is to actually connect with people in real life rather than, you know, just virtually. So one of the things I want to say is that, again, the most important thing about the meeting to me was actually being able to see people and meet with other people who've gone through similar experiences during the last two years. That has been a really difficult time for everyone. I'll agree with Jennifer. I mean, this was a very different kind of meeting. I think when you talk with people, they were really excited about being able to see one another. For those of us that could be there, this is obviously different because this was a hybrid meeting and it's really the first hybrid meeting that Chase had. I think this was a Herculean effort, even above and beyond the regular spring meeting, which is a lot of effort. It was really a team effort on the part of the uh, track chairs, the planning committee, and the Shea staff. And I especially want to shout out to Lori Herzog, who did so much for this conference. The theme of the conference was infection prevention and antimicrobial stewardship in a changing world. And I think going on year three of the pandemic, this resonated with everyone, both those there in person and those there virtually. That theme was reflected in each of the three plenaries. The opening plenary was about unintended consequences in populations that we haven't heard as much about, pediatrics and long-term care. It may not have been as emphasized as other areas, but nonetheless, I think the speakers there kind of give us a glimpse into how COVID has really changed those areas pretty dramatically. And then we, of course, had the other two plenaries. On, one was on climate change, and then the other one was an inequitable future. So a lot of things have changed because of COVID. And I think the plenaries especially kind of helped put a lot of that in perspective. So it was great seeing people. It was a beautiful venue for those that were able to be there. But the speakers, the plenaries were all wonderful. And it was most of all it was great to be able to connect with people in person. And for those who attended virtually, I think it was a, also a nice experience because you got to, I think the platform allowed for a lot of interaction. 
I'd like to add just a little bit as well, too. I mean, I think that, that this being a, a hybrid really is intriguing to me. And I, I wonder what we will do going forward, because it was really nice to be able to make it flexible and be able to see people in person, because I think that was honestly the best part. And then also, I love the platform and that we've been able to interact with people remotely who wouldn't be able to travel and be able to also review a lot of the presentations afterward has been really, really slick. So moving on to our next question, since this is a podcast about COVID-19, can you tell us how this pandemic influenced this year's conference? Clearly it did, both from a planning perspective as well as a programming standpoint. Yeah, so I think one of the things is, you know, that we had to think a little bit about how much do we really want to talk about COVID? It's been two years. People have been talking constantly about COVID and we're kind of sick of hearing about COVID. So you have to think about how relevant is this still going to be? So we had to think about a year ago whether or not this was really going to be the thing that people were still going to be talking about. And obviously, it is still highly relevant and it was an important part of the conference. Just from a programming standpoint, the other thing you have to think about is, is it going to be safe to have this conference with so many people? Because we didn't know what kind of variant we were going to be dealing with at this point in time. And fortunately for us, you know, Omicron came along. And while it's much more contagious, it's also causing less severe illness. So we had to think about the infection prevention in the conference setting. And then we also had to think about how much do we really want to be talking about COVID-19 still. I'll just add a couple of quick things to what Jennifer said. So in terms of the planning part of it, clearly there needed to be a substantial amount of COVID content and balancing that with all the other priorities and infection prevention is and hospital epidemiology that have been sort of backburnered. Some issues have been brought to light. Other issues have been backburnered. It, there's clearly a lot of different priorities when it comes to COVID. And it seems like this is added on to the workload that infection preventionists and hospital epidemiologists are dealing with. I mean, there's some other just quick, simple kinds of things. I mean, we're thinking about how do we make it safe for people to eat? So for those that were there in person, every meal essentially had an indoor and an outdoor option. And fortunately, the weather cooperated. So you could, you know, depending on what was going on, you were able to eat outside and still be able to safely gather with other folks. So there's a lot of things I think that the Shea staff did made this planning part go very, very smoothly. In terms of the content, we saw the traditional, you know, two tracks, long-term care, antibiotic stewardship, and Whitney, you can comment on the antibiotic stewardship track, but we also had this general track. So we get a lot of the same overall structure of the conference, which I think helped to carry forward the overall structure of the conference. But we also had to put in a lot of, we had to change a lot because of COVID. We had COVID dedicated sessions, including a whole oral abstract session dedicated to COVID. So clearly a lot of new things that are happening, a lot of new content that was helpful for people to hear and share. And so we'll look forward to see what next year brings. Yeah, I agree with both of you. And I just want to take a second to say thank you, because I think it's kind of fascinating to be able to, you were both planning infection prevention sessions while also overall preparing for the infection prevention of the meeting itself. And I felt very safe. I even loved the little, they had little tags that you could put underneath your name tag that said, welcome to hugs or, you know, you know, so you, you were able to kind of have a safe environment with masking and vaccination, but also, you know, some of these things to make it a little bit fun too. And I really appreciated that. And I think you did a great job of balancing COVID sessions with non-COVID sessions, because as much as we would love to move on from COVID, I think it still is so much of what we do that it's nice to have both content at the meeting. 
And we did a little bit of that with the antimicrobial stewardship track as well and tried to kind of integrate them a little bit, right? So every session was about something bigger than COVID, but then there might be a mention of something that's COVID related within the session. And trying to integrate it moving forward, I think is perhaps we'll all go for or aim towards. Your comment about flair, I got a lot of positive comments about the flair that you put on your badges. And I think the one that I heard the most positive feedback was on a reunited and it feels so good. Yes, I thought that was a really great touch. So moving on to the next question, what sessions would you like to highlight and maybe talk a little in detail as it pertains to COVID-19? So I think the thing that struck me the most the the opening plenary, which was about pediatric effects of COVID and also long-term care effects, was really important because it highlighted the fact that in every decision that we make, there's a possible unintended consequence. And it is really difficult to make a decision. And I think it highlights the fact that there's a downside to almost everything that we do. And so you're trying really hard to do the right thing, to do the best thing, but there's going to be some people that are going to have some adverse consequences from any decision that you make. And I think that session just really brought that home to me. Dr. Guzman Cotrill talked about the increase in depression and mental health in children. Although interestingly, while that's been highlighted quite a bit, it turns out that actually preceded COVID. And so she put that in perspective for us, but she did talk some about, you know, the isolation that children were experiencing. And then the same type of thing was actually happening in long-term care. And the effects may have actually even been worse in long-term care because, you know, people had increasing rates of confusion. And if there was pre-existing dementia, the social isolation made things worse. So really, I think what a lot of the COVID sessions highlighted was that there is no one easy decision. You have to think about the unintended consequences of everything that we do. So for me, there were kind of three sessions that stood out. All the sessions were great, but these three kind of stuck out at me. The first one was, should we extend mask mandates beyond the pandemic? And this was one with Bernard Kamen's and Ashley Ruba. And it stuck out to me for two reasons. One is, you know, we're clearly not beyond the pandemic, and this is going to be an ongoing topic of discussion for the foreseeable future. So I think this is something that is that folks will be referring back to over the next couple of months as they look at what their institutions, their communities at large are doing. And the second reason that particular session stood out to me was, I think one of the nice things about Shea Spring this year, even more than most years, we had a lot of new voices and fresh faces. And one of the other speakers in that session was Ashley Ruba, who's a developmental psychologist, who talked about the societal developmental perspective on masking. And so I think that's a great session to look at. The second session I just want to draw attention to is one that's looking at vaccine hesitancy among healthcare workers from the mindset of diversity and inclusion. This featured three great speakers, David Weber, Cynthia Wiley, and Gerard Duncan. Pastor Duncan is a community leader. And so looked at vaccine hesitancy from that standpoint. I think that was really powerful. And again, kind of a very different perspective from the traditional folks that, that we hear from. The last session I just want to point out was, as I mentioned earlier, there's this oral abstract session just on COVID. And there's a couple of great studies. One, I'll just specifically point out the SHIELD study, which is a randomized control trial looking at nasal and oral antisepsis to prevent COVID was particularly interesting. So I would encourage folks to look at all the sessions were great. Those three stuck out to me in particular. Thanks, Jennifer and Jesse. Those are excellent sessions. And I love that we can go back and re-listen to them, even if we want to. What about sessions that didn't focus on COVID-19? 
I think there were really a lot of great sessions. It's hard for me to pick the one, you know, that I think was like the most important, but I think the session on climate change and infectious diseases was really amazing. Actually, I have to say, I walked away from that thinking, I don't know how Dr. Khan sleeps at night because he knows so many bad things that are going on all over the world and, you know, thinks about them in a different way than most people are thinking about them. So Clearly, there has been a lot of discussion of climate change, and we usually don't think about it so much from an infectious disease perspective, but clearly the global temperature does have an effect on climate change. And then also, there was an interesting session on PPE and reuse of PPE versus single-use items. And I think for me, that has been a really difficult area. I look at all of the garbage that we produce every day. And it makes me feel sick to think about the fact that all of this stuff is either going into landfill or it's being burned and can't possibly be good for the environment. And so it was interesting to hear the perspective, you know, from someone who has thought about this a great deal more and what kind of things could we actually be thinking about doing in the hospital to decrease some of the environmental impact of infection prevention. So as Jennifer said, it's hard to pick out of all of these sessions because there were so many great sessions. There were a couple that stood out to me. One of them was on electronic hand hygiene systems. And the take home from this is that there's no magic bolt that's going to solve all of our infection prevention problems. There's a lot of detail in implementation. And I think the session did a great job of pointing out what some of the pros and what are the cons and what you need to look out for, the potential pitfalls for these systems are. There's another great session on reflux urine cultures as a diagnostic stewardship intervention. This one featured Sonali Advani and Valerie Vaughn, who are both familiar faces to folks that have been to Shea before. And I think they had a very complimentary approach to what's the best approach. And I think it was very thought-provoking, something that we're dealing with at our system. So this one kind of really resonated with me. Another session that I thought was really interesting was one titled Modern Healthcare Design versus non-tuberculosis and mycobacteria, who's in the lead, and that's L-E-E-D, the, referring to the architectural design kind of approach. And so this, the, one of the speakers here was Jonathan Meadows, who's an architect, as well as Sarah Lewis. And they talked about the experience at, at Duke and outbreak that they dealt with and how that was related to a new building and, and some of the design parameters that went in. So this is something that I think all of us who are in healthcare epi deal with in some form or another, either renovation of existing space or new construction. And how do you deal with that, especially with as it relates to the environment? Because you clearly want to promote practices that conserve water and electricity, but we also need to be thoughtful about what kind of potential impact that may have on infection prevention. There was a great session on diversity, equity, inclusion in stewardship, hospital epidemiology, and public health. We have three really great dynamic speakers would encourage folks to listen to that. And the last one I just want to quickly highlight is the presidents of APIC and Shay, Linda Dickey and Sharon Wright, respectively, had a great session on the successful infection prevention and hospital epidemiology partnership, which I think is worth the listen for anyone in the field. Wow, so many great sessions. And I have to say, it makes me want to go back and re-listen to all these different ones that I didn't get a chance to see because you you can't be, you know, two places at once when you're at Shay. I really appreciate that overview from both of you. It's hard for me as well to look at the stewardship track and pick just one session. I think, you know, all the sessions were really great and tied well together. And I'm thankful for all the speakers that came. One of the things that we did new this year was we created a session called Big Beasts of Antimicrobial Stewardship. And we focused on skin and soft tissue infections, UTI and pneumonia with Dr. Jenkins, Dr. Vaughn and Dr. Advani. 
And it was really excellent. I think it might be something that we keep in the future. And it made me really think about, could we focus on specific disease states? Like we've done so much with COVID with stewardship, maybe moving on for another disease state and there's great ones to choose from. And you could tackle it with risk scores or bundles, which was another great session by Dr. Hannah Winders and Dr. Emily Spivak. And I just also want to do a call out to my co-chair, Dr. Nate Shively, for a session on ambulatory care and microbial stewardship, which was really excellent. And our whole third day was on novel settings. And I really liked each of those perspectives from the novel settings. And, And hopefully we'll be able to expand stewardship in the future with the guidance of some of those sessions. So our next question is, what were some big aha moments for you during the conference? How will you take those moments and implement them at your own institutions? So that is a really difficult question. I would say, you know, there were two moments that really stick out to me, you know, in terms of aha moments. One is Carlos Del Rio talked at the closing plenary about One Health. And, you know, this concept of One Health is that, you know, the entire world is connected. And to me, it's even more than that. It's every single thing that we do really has a consequence and everything is connected. And so we, again, you know, what I've already said that we have to really think carefully about the decisions that we're making, because while it may seem like preserving water and having a low flow state might be a good idea, there are some downstream potential consequences. And so you need to think about those things ahead of time. And Just the other thing I wanted to say was that there is a women in epidemiology breakfast that is early in the morning. I am not a morning person. And I would just say that it was difficult to get up for, but was probably one of the most important things that I attended. It was really interesting to hear people like Sarah Hessler talk about, you know, how she has felt that she didn't know people at the SHAPE conference when she first started attending and that, you know, she was uncomfortable about approaching people. And hearing somebody like her talk about imposter syndrome, I think was really validating to a lot of people who were attending that. I think it was really powerful to know that people that we consider to be kind of these icons, you know, actually are regular humans and go through all the same things that we go through. So I think that was a really important message. And one thing that I would take back to my own institution is to really spend a lot more time trying to mentor people and to try to really help advance the careers of medical students and residents and fellows and junior faculty, just to make sure that that they realize that everyone actually has some of these difficult experiences and that everyone goes through this. I love that. I think that's a great takeaway. Jesse, what about you? You know, again, there's so many great sessions, so much great discussion. There's a lot, I think, that happened both during the meeting in the sessions, as well as during the networking, where there are potentially a lot of aha moments. What, you know, what are you doing or what have you been dealing with? What kind of gaps are you seeing when you're, as you're looking, what kind of issues are you encountering as you're trying to implement some of these things that, that are being discussed in the sessions? But for me, some of the aha moments actually came in the plenaries. I think it's like the opening plenary talked about pediatrics and long-term care and while a lot of our colleagues you know, spend a lot of time thinking about those, for many of us, because it's not part of our day-to-day work, we don't think about those particular populations. But what happens in those particular populations has downstream effects or spillover effects to those of us who spent most of our time in, in the short-term acute care settings. So I think hearing some of these issues in other populations was helpful. And the other thing I would just say is that 
the closing plenary, which Jennifer referenced, I think one of the things that Carlos Del Rio said is that race is not a risk factor, it's a marker of vulnerability. And that really struck a chord with me in terms of, because I've been struggling with, you know, how do you look at that? And I think that that's a really good way of thinking about it and thinking about vulnerability and how we're going to explore differences by race and what does that mean? That's one really good way of approaching it. Yeah, that's a great takeaway as well. I really like that quote. I think from the antimicrobial stewardship track perspective, there's a really popular session we've done now two years in a row called Challenging the Dogmas of Stewardship by Dr. Spellberg and Dr. Spivak this year. And it helped a little bit to say, what could we even push ourselves as stewards? I think sometimes we spend all of our time pushing other people in antimicrobial stewardship to do things like be shorter and use orals more. And then this this session, I think, even pushes stewards and helps us to think about what can we do that's even bigger than our daily responsibilities to, on a big picture, influence behavior. It was just really thought-provoking. So highly recommend that session. Lastly, what do each of you think are key takeaways from the conference? And how would you recommend attendees or those who plan to watch the on-demand sessions use them through the rest of the pandemic and beyond? For me, the key takeaway was that we have been through an incredibly difficult situation. It's ongoing and it has challenged us to really think about how can we make things better for the future? How can we be better stewards of all of our resources? So that, you know, what you mentioned about antibiotics, shorter and more oral antibiotics, that's definitely something that is a key message, better stewardship of testing. You know, I want to echo what Jesse said about the urinary tract infection session was really very important session that could change a lot of behavior if that session was watched by a lot of people outside of Shea. And then just, you know, in terms of, again, PPE and climate change and, you know, just all of the resources that we have, I think we need to be thinking more carefully about how we're utilizing those. I would say that I plan to go back and listen to every session that I was not able to attend because we had so many really great sessions and I've heard so much good feedback from people who attended the conference. So I I think it was really a valuable experience. It was a, a great conference and, you know, there's so much to take away. It's hard to distill it down to a few things, but my mentor, Jay Steinberg, is fond of saying, I think it's quoted Rahm Emanuel, who was the mayor of Chicago, never waste a crisis. And boy, you know, healthcare epidemiology, infection prevention, stewardship have never faced a crisis quite like COVID-19. It's an ongoing crisis. And so using the extra resources and attention that infection prevention healthcare, epi, public health have gotten to to move the field forward, I think is really important. So, I mean, there's all these things, masks, for example, you know, what should we be doing? What should we be recommending in the healthcare setting and in public spaces? How should we be looking at equity? As I said before, you know, it's, it's, it's a mark of vulnerability. How should we be measuring it? How should we be conducting these interventions? So there's a lot in this conference. I'm with Jennifer. I'll be going back and looking at some of these sessions. One thing I'd encourage the audience who's listening is to, yeah, please do go ahead and look at those sessions. I think even rewatching some of the ones that you had seen before, you'll gain some important insights. One thing I would just add is to, as you're doing that, please fill out your evaluations. This is important not only for the future planning committee to plan, but new this year is we're actually having some speaker awards. So folks that are either fresh new faces or have done especially good job will be recognized for their work. So I think this is a, a really important thing to felt the evaluations more than ever. 
Wonderful. Thank you for such a great conversation and for joining us today. And more so, thank you for your leadership in planning an amazing Shea Spring Conference. Thank you for having us today. And thank you for allowing us to relive some of the great experiences that we had at Shea Spring. And thanks for having us, Whitney. And again, thanks to all the folks that made this conference such a success. Thank you again to our speakers for sharing their perspectives and experiences. As a reminder, you can still register and watch all educational sessions from Shea Spring 2022 by visiting SheaSpring.org. You will have access to watch sessions and claim credit until December 31st, 2022. This podcast can be accessed on Shea's online education center, Learning CE, under the Rapid Response Program, where you will also find resources such as the Shea COVID-19 Town Halls. Interested in becoming a Shea member? Take $20 off any membership type using the coupon code LEARNINGCE2022 at checkout. This concludes today's episode of the Rapid Response Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Mm -hmm.